to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. This week, we had the pleasure of sitting down once again with the mastermind behind Strangeology, Jeff Foran. We discuss art, business, the UAP disclosure movement, and the ultimate conspiracy iceberg. Jeff is a brilliant artist and researcher, and honestly one of the most genuinely enthusiastic Fortians we have ever had the pleasure of having on the show. Go and check out everything he does, support him, the guy is brilliant, his merch store, his merch store, his merch store. Go. The guy pumps out brilliant shirts so fast it's mind-blowing, and you should own them all. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this fireside chat with Jeff Foran. All right, Jeff, my friend, first off, I just want to thank you for taking the time coming back on the show yeah man thanks for having me back on i'm glad to be here it's been a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely um if you don't mind though i want to get right into it i have been super impressed with your social media game lately like over the last year it seems like platform after platform for you is just blowing up just one after another yeah yeah thanks man (laughs) it's it's been a lot of a lot of work, a lot of, um, I guess just dumb luck. Maybe I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly, but, um, last, I guess it was already over a year. Uh, I decided to put a lot more effort into short form video content. And I think it was like, you know, the platforms are really starting to push this kind of 30 to 60 second videos because mm-hmm. TikTok was becoming a real contender in the social media arms race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so I had created a TikTok back in like 2021, barely did anything with it. And I would just post, you know, me working on merch or uh, eventually I started doing some short videos talking about stuff just into the my phone but i decided to kind of like up the ante a little bit and use a nicer camera and better audio and start to remember old video editing techniques that i had learned back in college when i took video editing classes yeah and um yeah it just kind of um took off from there um on tiktok uh especially there was one video one or two videos that i did i think one was there was like a reaction to some uh some user on on tiktok was out in the woods and he filmed some strange thing that happened in the background of his uh video that i don't think he necessarily noticed in the moment Mm -hmm. and so i did like a little reaction about it and I remember going to bed and waking up the next morning and this video had like, I don't know, 
a million views on it and i was just like what is going on and so things kind of just like snowballed from there i think i had a video about the slide rock bolter uh yeah of all things you're right that kind of took off on there as well and at that point is i had also um i was nearing the completion of my home state cryptids collection I guess Mark 1, because I've done more, like the whole map that I did of every U.S. state. Yeah. And I was was like, oh, I should do like a video for each one of these states. And that really engaged people because people were like, oh, what's the cryptid in my state? Like, can you do this state and that state? And I still get people requesting um, stuff. And I have like a whole playlist. I'm like, go check out my playlist. (laughs) There's, But there's, you know, of course, more uh, cryptids than you can count on like both of your hands in like any given state so oh, yeah you know eventually i'll be going back to do more uh, especially i have a few more in west virginia i need to do <laughs> um <laughs> which is crazy but, because that uh, one already had like three in the original set didn't it yeah yeah recently i i did a design for uh snarly yow but i need to go back and do like sheep squatch and veggie man and uh a few others i think but yeah, it was a, a wild process. It was like over the course of, I think, like March and April of 2022, I was pumping out like two or three videos a day and just like constantly <sighs> posting them. And my account went from like 4,000 followers up to like 200,000. And I was just like, okay, what do I do with this? Uh, and I'm still <laughs> trying to figure that out. Yeah. Things slowed down for a while because I stopped posting as much. Um, but, uh, yeah and then i was like well wait a second i need to get this stuff up on instagram too and like do some different videos i still have a bunch of the cryptid ones i haven't posted on instagram but um yeah i i had a video last fall about the whole like i think it was like a trailer video for my podcast episode about the tartaria Mm. conspiracy yep um and that that blew up uh that was a very hot button topic (laughs) lots of arguments in the comment section of course um and i was on vacation when that started blowing up and um you know i had a pretty decent following on instagram what i would consider um you know several thousand people for since you know i'd been working on this thing since 2020 and then all, all of a sudden it's like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. I was just like, holy crap, what's going on here? <laughs> so, you know, the power of, of, of doing that to like get the message out is, um, you know, if you put the work and effort time into it, it's, uh, it can pay off. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to harness it because people are like, Oh, you have a, like, you need to do a podcast, man. I'm like, I have a podcast. Just <laughs> re- re- read the link in my my bio and you'll find everything to your heart to your heart's desire um but yeah it's uh social media and short form content is this it's a strange beast for sure um and this year i i had plans to try and get into some more longer form uh video content for my youtube channel try to like i don't know redesign what i'm doing a little bit to integrate like a podcast episode better into like a video format Mm -hmm. um but this year's been pretty pretty wild uh had a baby at christmas time and and uh lots of other things going on (laughs) in life that have uh 
been a priority versus uh, getting that stuff up. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's been fun for sure. Yeah. yeah. That. I mean, I think for me, my big question is because everyone is after those numbers, right? Those social media numbers. Um, but in your experience, do they translate? Right. So when you see those huge blowups on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, do those translate into T-shirt sales? Do they translate into podcast downloads? I mean, are you seeing the audience sort of disseminate throughout everything you're making? Yeah, yeah. So um, podcast, I, I think there, there there was some positive traction, not as much as as you would think, but maybe that was just my my uh, lack of call to action or technique and in, and in informing people. Um, I think I had more more success in in um, getting additional traction and, and listener base for the podcast by doing interviews on on other shows like yours or um some other shows that i've been on which haven't been out yet but (laughs) um yeah i i did an episode on the confessionals actually uh tony merkel's podcast and got like a uh a bunch of new people checking out the show which is really cool um and uh yeah it's as far as as like merch sales and stuff um, there was definitely a little bit of that when I was doing the uh, my all my videos about the Homestake Cryptid uh, collection that I have in the shop. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really pushed that uh, call to action or, or message as much recently. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to... Because you, when you do this stuff, people are looking to, I guess, uh, feel an emotion or learn something or you need to offer value uh to them whether it's entertainment or knowledge uh, education that kind of thing um if you're just going out there and being like hey buy my shit <laughs> you know yeah chances are you're not going to be able to build a uh a positive and um uh community yeah. around what you're doing yeah uh so you know <laughs> unfortunately I, w- I wish i could say that uh you know it has translated to like higher listenership and and uh, and more support for the show, uh, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a constant struggle, man. I totally get it. Yeah, that's uh, it's that's good to hear, though. I know it's it's a struggle for everybody, but um, one thing that you've been doing recently that really piqued my interest on TikTok, you started getting into this that classic picture i think that a lot of us have seen that conspiracy theories iceberg right yes yeah and uh i at first i thought like well that's kind of ballsy because conspiracy the word the phrase conspiracy theories is kind of very it's become very hot button over the last like few years you know what i mean like as conspiracies have become very like real and scary and people act on them and you know right but a lot of the things on that it's hard it's hard to really it it could just it could just as easily be called like the Fortean iceberg right like there's all kinds of stuff on there yeah yeah so there's a few of these like icebergs i feel like there's a new one like every month 
Um, The one that I'm referencing for videos I've been making is called the Ultimate Conspiracy Iceberg. Um, And it has a date of like February 2020 on it. Uh, It's from some Reddit user. And I was like, okay, this seems interesting because a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of conspiracies are pretty problematic. You've got uh, a lot of them are uh, rooted in anti-Semitism and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. that's not stuff that I want to talk about because I'm that's fucked up shit and it it sucks and it's wrong. Uh, So, you know, I I grew up kind of like checking out some casual conspiracy stuff and it's always like there's a lot there's a lot of interesting stuff out out there that's not necessarily rooted in problematic stuff but this particular list like you said could be called the 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 fortian iceberg um rather than conspiracy iceberg because there are a lot of things on here that aren't necessarily like conspiracies um as I've I've found out and looked through, and I haven't gotten very far into it yet. Like I've covered uh, the moon landing hoax or Area Fifty One. You know, everyone knows yeah. Area Fifty One exists. Uh, <laughs> and there was always like a question of whether or not it did back in the nineties when I was growing up watching shows about aliens and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then you have like Flat Earth and MK Ultra. MK Ultra was a real program. Uh, crop circles that's not really a conspiracy unless there's like some like uh higher power that's supposedly trying to cover up the fact that it's something otherworldly but you know there's people that make crop circles and hoax them all the time and ouija boards and nostradamus (laughs) uh the fermi paradox like mandela effect like all this stuff is you know could you call it conspiracy maybe but it's um you know, just like interesting stuff that, you know, some of it's high strangeness, some of it is a scientific question, other stuff is uh, on there, is things that actually are historical fact and things that happened that uh, things may have been actually covered up and there may have been some kind of conspiracy going on. But, you know, these days, yeah, conspiracy theories are... uh, uh, a hot button issue <laughs> for sure and um you know there's a, a, a for good reason there's there's a pretty uh big negative light cast upon conspiracy theories i think and even like like dating back to gosh like 9-11 and yeah. george george bush gw um you know, saying like, oh, conspiracy theories are bad about all this stuff. But, you know, yeah. then all the conspiracies about 9-11 popped up and the truth, the truther movement started back in like the early 2000s uh, yeah. with all this with all this stuff. I actually when I was in college, I uh, I was doing some volunteer work at a local access cable station and there was a show I usually just did like the little uh basic infographics that would just like come up on the screen and it would scroll through but one of the days i was there they're like hey can you help with uh, some camera work and i was like yeah sure and so i was running one of the tv cameras and it was this um group of like three or four people that came in that wanted to talk about how 9-11 was an inside job and i was like this is like 2006 and i was just like oh man this is wild (laughs) so that's awesome yeah 
See, but I yeah. feel like that was still in the era of conspiracy theories being fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even, I mean, obviously 9-11 was a, a very serious, like, subject, right? But, like, I, I, I'll i be honest. I think the 9-11 truther movement was the first thing that really got me into conspiracy stuff. Because it was, it was just wild. It, like, it blew my mind at, like, 16 to think that it could possibly, you know, not be anything like what they're saying it was on, on TV. Right. Right. So yeah. I remember getting into all those movies, all those like documentaries that were coming out on yeah. online. Zeitgeist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yep. that was early YouTube days. Yeah. 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 I, um, but it's just like JFK assassination. Like that was probably yep. like my first, like, <laughs> toe dipping into like the whole conspiracy world for sure yeah yeah i that one is super uh, to me that one is super innocent because it's like there isn't a single individual kind of fingered for the bad guy in that you know what i mean like there are so many competing theories that it's yeah it, yeah it That's, is but i i like the i like that you took the iceberg and you're like I'm going to cover the fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the idea behind it. And there's so many of them and there's larger icebergs too. I considered doing this other one. Um, I don't know if it has an actual name, but it's got like 10 tiers on it and they all have different, uh, descriptions. Uh, but there's a lot of like really like problematic stuff on this this yeah. list, and I was just like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like tier one, crazy head, mainstream conspiracies and unsolved mysteries. Most of the stuff is like well known in like the public conscience, and then there's like tier two, deep researcher theories in Twilight Zone level stuff. Tier three, the point of no return, where things start getting like really weird and crazy, <laughs> and then it's yeah. just go- I think there's like. 10 tiers or something like that um but yeah there's um a youtuber uh called wendigoon who went through that whole list back in like 2019 or 2020 or something like that and he has like a nine hour long stitched together video i think he did each section one at a time um and then he edited it all together I haven't actually sat down and watched the whole thing yet. I think I've made it through a couple hours of it. And it's a pretty wow. like innocuous like video. He's just like, okay, this is what this is and that is and whatever. He's just presenting what the idea ideas are yeah. um in a totally like neutral state as far as I can tell. <laughs> Not really any hot takes. Yeah, yeah, as far as yeah. I could tell so far. But um yeah, yeah. I'm uh making my way through and, uh, you know, sometimes I get distracted and want to talk about something that's not on the list. I recently did a couple videos about, uh, like, the Philadelphia Experiment, Al Bielik, and the yeah. Montauk Project, uh, Preston Nichols. Um, yep. And that that's a whole thing that I need to do, like, a whole, a whole ass episode on. Yes. Because there's so many different, like, weird rabbit holes to go down. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. I, the Philadelphia <laughs> experiment. I could like. I could spend the rest of my life reading about that. And it, yeah, yeah, it's such it's a awesome. weird story. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Anytime th- people get phased into walls, I'm in. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Did, uh, I'm not sure if you were like a, a Star Trek guy growing up, but uh, there oh, yeah. was like an episode of Next Generation where the uh, I can't remember what the exact scenario was. If it was like they they hit some kind of like uh, subspace anomaly and yeah. the ship phased and all these like crew members get like stuck in the in between like decks and the floors and the walls and they're just like yep. <laughs> it was pretty gnarly for like you know late 80s early 90s <laughs> yeah. i think but. there's a there's also an episode of voyager where that happens and there's actually like two different ships existing like right next to each other in space oh yeah and, i dude, remember that good. one yeah yeah, yeah. And, and wasn't it like uh um the original Harry Kim like died on yeah. the ship and the uh whatever this other version became like the new Harry Kim that went went out yeah, for the they rest brought of the show. him over from the other yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of those Star Trek <laughs> trivia questions that come up every once in a while yeah about, yeah that's like, funny did did he actually die yeah <laughs> Yeah, I love that shit, though. I love when real life reminds me of sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. It make, makes um, things interesting. Okay, so what I'm really curious about, when you see something on the iceberg that you're unfamiliar with, how much, like, are you researching the ones you don't know about to decide whether you're going to cover them or not? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, you know, spend a little while looking at these things to see if it kind of makes sense for my different channels, platforms, whatever you want to call them. Uh, if they're going to be interesting, if people are going to, if it's something that people want to actually hear about, like on, on the list, there's like the Max Hedrum incident, you know, yeah. are you familiar with that one? Where the, oh yeah, I love uh, that one. The Chicago TV station got hacked and yep. uh, this, some anonymous person was wearing a Max Hedrum mask and, started yeah. going all crazy and then it they cut the feed but then he got onto a, a PBS station and then at the end yep. he got spanked by someone and yep. it was like yeah he's <laughs> on TV um yep. yeah so it's like do you want to cover that one and then there's also there's a bunch of like um like serial killer stuff which is like true crime isn't something that I've actually like delved into it's not yeah. a, a huge interest of mine um but there's like a bunch of that stuff on here, like the I seventy killer, the Terra Calico case. Yep. Um, I'm sure Elisa Lamb's on there uh, yep. somewhere. Um, the weird ones, yeah, the weird ones. Yeah. So, like, I may cover them just to kind of change things up a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I had this whole script worked out for like the reptilian conspiracy, but then I was like, then I was like mm-hmm. watching people talking about it, and they're like, this is like a super anti-semitic conspiracy yes. theory and i was just like yes shit uh yeah. I, didn't real- I didn't realize that so i'm <laughs> if i do talk about it it's going to be in in uh i guess a, a more ethical uh, like informative way yeah. to do it but for now i've kind of just like crossed it off the list because i'm like eh, i don't really want to tread those waters and talk about lizard yeah. people and like that's not good <laughs> so yeah. yeah the uh um, the whole david ike thing it like is generally regarded as pretty pretty anti-semitic yeah yeah so it's like eh, probably not gonna tread there (laughs) but um a lot of those like conspiracy conspiracies they 
really you if you go and do research on like chat rooms that's where you really start to see like what is the color of this mm. you know what i mean like what what is this really this conspiracy really like like on the ground you know what i mean right yeah um, if you yeah. like go into reddit and start reading or even like you really want to go for it go into like 4chan and see what people are talking about there about the conspiracy yeah and you, yeah that's you can that's see your it in its worst test. light yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's uh definitely a uh a good way to go to be- go about it so you don't uh wind up inadvertently attracting some you know unwanted uh engagement i, yeah. I suppose is the way to put it yeah um yeah for but sure yeah like roko's back basilisk like the ai that if you don't mm. work on <laughs> inventing it it's gonna come back and like kill you like you yeah know, that's whatever bohemian grove <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. like you know that's a real place people go yeah. there <laughs> who knows what they're that's doing like but <laughs> that's like right hand in hand with like bilderberg group and all that so that's a big conspiracy thing right like yeah. all those are sort of seen i think those are like nodes in the same network of conspiracy yeah. right yeah yeah i would say so i would say so as long as you don't go like alex jones on it then i think <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Although he was like the guy that went there in like the mid nineties to the Bohemian Grove and he filmed it. And that's where we get yeah. the video of the people in the hoods and they're like doing an effigy burning allegedly of yeah. to like Moloch or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like that was wild. That was one of like the earlier ones that I saw maybe even pre YouTube days. Um, yeah. someone had on like a website like an mp4 file and uh, yeah, I was in like college and I was just like whoa this shit's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember when that when that hit too I mean that's the thing is like even Alex Jones used to be fun to, to watch and listen to back in the day and it, like so many of these people just went so far off the rails at some point in the last 10 years you know what i mean yeah 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 you gotta wonder if it's like i don't know are they doing it for like the entertainment of it are they just trying to rile people up or or did they actually like go off the deep end like you know it's hard hard to know exactly um yeah but yeah (laughs) i'm I'm sure it goes back and forth but yeah yeah I mean, there's definitely, like, even when we talk about, like, um, social media engagement, if you can, if you have arguments breaking out in the comments, you're gonna, you're gonna get pushed in the algorithm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I understand, like, appealing to, I guess, a less positive, you know what I mean, Um, engagement. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get talked about. You definitely get talked about. You and do. maybe that's you like do. something we should be taking into consideration when we're deciding how positive or negative social media is for human beings in general. The fact that it's built to push negativity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's something I try not to think about when I'm, you know, posting 14 times a week for for the podcast and i'm like i don't like to just sit around and think about how i'm part of the problem (laughs) yeah yeah unfortunately it's just like this uh 
machine has taken on a life of its own and I don't know if we yeah. can stop it at this point but you yeah gotta, I guess we gotta go with the flow somehow for sure I mean it's just fully integrated into life now there's really no avoiding it you know what I mean yeah. no matter what business you're in yeah I even before smartphones I was like super reluctant to get a cell phone back in the day i don't think i got my first cell phone until like the end of 2004 beginning of 2005 and it was you know it's just a simple flip phone um i accidentally fell out of my pocket one day when i was um downtown and someone ran over it with their car (laughs) and i was like oh too bad (laughs) yeah um and then you know goes from there and then eventually like the iPhone came out and uh, I think my first iPhone was like the iPhone 4 so it was just like oh, yeah. quite a while before I even get a smartphone but with what I do it's it's necessary you know I can't run my business yeah. without it <laughs> yeah. so I know what you mean I I think I lost my first flip phone on a Ferris wheel nice it like <laughs> slipped out of my pocket when I was on the Ferris wheel and it just like <laughs> shattered when it hit the oh, ground man. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think it's weird to explain to our parents' generation how like how integrated it is in in our business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no avoiding it. There's, I mean, the podcast would have like a hundred listeners if I didn't use social media. Like, it, it's a huge part of what we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um and yeah, it's like it never turns off unless you're asleep or you yeah. are like, "Hey, I need a break. <laughs> I need yep. I need to uh, work on on uh, my mental health." <laughs> and yeah, it's just like sure. it never never stops. Like with my like Etsy shop, you know, sometimes I get uh, customer service requests from people or who are like, "Where's my order?" or they printed the wrong artwork or the print is too small. Uh, uh-huh. And sometimes it comes through at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it could be someone from overseas or stateside. And, yeah. you know, you got to answer it. I mean, you know, Etsy has its own quirks and stuff to consider to consider you like a, a good seller. Like you're supposed yeah. to respond to people within an hour. I'm like, ah, I got to set like an auto an auto reply for that now. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, people, people, uh, you know, expect you to be <laughs> available a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, even with my old job, it was kind of like that, starting to get like that too. Like I would get um, like text messages from my old boss, like on the weekend, like asking yeah. how to do something in in Photoshop. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> eh, I'm, I'm busy right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure also with your with like with the way your Etsy shop is I'm sure a lot of people send those emails assuming that it's someone's job to answer those emails you know what I mean because your Etsy shop looks I mean it looks like a company runs this Etsy shop you know what I mean which is a compliment to you and what you've built over (laughs) there but like thanks dude it really looks like a team it would take a team to do that 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a team. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's, I, I know. At, at some point, at some point, maybe I will. But yeah, it's yeah. all me. It's all me, and it's yeah. uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so man, if you have you know customer service issues, wait till business hours. Be polite. i should probably uh add those to my my banner page right (laughs) and be like i only operate from such and such an hour (laughs) yeah that i mean honestly that would probably work yeah probably customer service emails accepted between this time and this time yeah yeah i mean some people are gonna send them anyway but a, a good chunk of people are gonna would wait right yeah yeah I think yeah. so. Most 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 of the people that I've dealt with have been extremely reasonable. Extremely reasonable. There was uh there was one person that got mad recently because I had a listing of a design that had like an auto calculate shipping for some reason and I I never yeah. do that. I have like a fixed rate or free shipping. Yeah. And it was a overseas customer and for some reason, it auto-calculated like $50 for shipping a shirt or something. And they Whoa. messaged me right away. And they're like, you're a con artist. This is crazy. I listened to your podcast. And they like gave me a one-star review on Apple Podcasts uh, and stuff. I think they removed it, but it got archived somewhere. I ran across yeah. it recently. I was just like, oh, dude. And I like offered, I was like, hey, man, like I will like comp you like the shipping entirely. Like, I'm not going to charge this like do you still want the shirt and he was like no just refund my money and i was like okay no harm no foul i suppose yeah that's a bummer yeah so um the the thing that everyone's really talking about right now obviously there was this hearing right about the uh disclosure movement i'm sort of curious to get your take on it because the reactions seem to vary wildly. Some people are really psyched about it. Some people are like, oh, just another boring hearing. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, definitely a really interesting time to be alive In if you're enthusiastic at all about UFOs, uh, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the latest whistleblower david grush you know he came out uh with an interview and claiming that he had uh spoken with i think it was up to 40 witnesses many of which had uh informed him that they had um been a part of a crash retrieval program uh for uaps uh, unidentified aerial or i think anomalous phenomena Mm -hmm. um and that non-human intelligence nhi were responsible for these things and there uh were non-human biologics recovered whether or not that's alien or plant life or you know something else you know it's left very vague because apparently these whistleblowers uh can't divulge all of the information that they know because it's still classified and yeah uh, within like the pentagon and stuff like that um you know the the congressional hearing was pretty interesting you know to 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 hear that stuff and to actually 
have these whistleblowers, David Grush, uh, uh, David Fravor, and Ryan Graves, who are the uh, Air Force pilots that uh, were involved with like the Tic Tac and and Go Fast videos. I think it was. Um, yeah. And to to have these people there, and you've got like Jeremy Corbell. Say what you want about him. He's probably a hype man, right? Sure. <laughs> and like George Knapp, <laughs> who are like sitting in the background uh, in the stands. And it's like, okay, you've got this congressional subcommittee that's actually listening to this testimony. Um, yeah. I think it's a, like a pretty historic moment. And if true, you know, there's some pretty wild stuff that's going on that's, that's been covered up since at least the 30s or 40s. I, I, I was really kind of blown away by the claim that in the 1930s there was a downed UAP in Italy that like yeah. Mussolini Mussolini had people like deal with it and I think the story was maybe the Americans came and took something or maybe it wasn't quite there yet I don't re- recall the exact details but I was just like huh like I know there's like cases in history like Aurora Texas in the late 1800s yeah. the um, the mystery like ships in the sky the airships in the late 1800s but then you go back all the way to renaissance paintings where people are depicting all this stuff in the sky over like Germany like this aerial battle you know the painting right I can't remember yeah. the exact name it's like the battle of uh, oh it's the city it wasn't Berlin was it Nuremberg it might have been Nuremberg I think so yeah um, yeah and yeah just like this uh wild stuff that seems like you know the more and more i've i've looked into it it seems like there's been some kind of presence some kind of intelligence that has been going alongside of humanity since at least we were uh building building cities (laughs) uh, thousands of years ago maybe even further back you know and there's been theories for years you know that maybe we were created by extraterrestrials you think about the the anunnaki from sumerian uh myth and stuff like that talking about how these anunnaki came from the planet uh was it nibiru i think um nibiru and they came to earth and they they did some genetic engineering on early hominid species to create us to mine gold for them i don't know what the end game and then they (laughs) left like why uh (laughs) seems kind of like a silly story but who knows like how would we know what what a extraterrestrial highly advanced civilization's intentions were you know my my feelings on that are like okay if this is like a the zoo hypothesis like we're we're a zoo planet and they're just observing us like we're ants in an ant colony they don't care about us they'll come down and mutilate our cattle abduct people do their experiments sure. and move on you know uh <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh there's so many different facets of, of this theory and the fact that a congressional committee like listened to this testimony is pretty wild but then you get into people's reactions and responses uh on this and i recently had micah hanks of the debrief and the micah hanks program on my show to talk about all this stuff and uh very fascinating conversation definitely check out the episode but people's a lot of people uh, have been pretty excited people who run in our circles 
for sure. But then you go on to um, like Instagram and TikTok, and and maybe it's just like a popularity thing, uh, something to get clout to push into the algorithm because it's like a trend. <laughs> but you see these people that are like, oh, the government, you know, with the text, like this is the government saying, like, hey, aliens are real. It's like, first of all, the government hasn't said aliens are real for sure there's people saying that like there's a crash retrieval program non-human biologics non-human intelligence but david grush is a a whistleblower he's not in the military anymore so technically he's it's not like joe biden coming out and saying like hey man we got aliens uh (laughs) so (laughs) it's um it's interesting because like they're like okay the government says ufos are real and people are like uh i don't i don't believe you like if the aliens are here they should help with my rent and all my bills (laughs) and all my problems if they're not here to help with that i don't really care and they're like but the government is saying aliens are here and they're like what are you covering up which is interesting like an interesting attitude to have like I, I think with uh, you know people, you know questioning government, flipping from like, how do I word this? Like people not questioning government to people questioning government. It's just like, like yeah, sure. Like mm. maybe maybe there's some ulterior motive. Maybe there is something that's being. Uh, this is a distraction for something, right? Yeah. But there there's no hundred percent concrete proof of extraterrestrials yet the government's not actually saying any of this yeah. <laughs> and i i don't think that people in the ufology community are ever going to be content with disclosure because they've spent decades assuming that they're being lied to right so yeah when they hear what they want to hear they're going to assume that's a lie too Right, like it, they're always going to assume the truth is a level deeper. Yes, yes, they have a, a certain level of confirmation bias that they need yep. to fulfill what they think is going on, and it's yeah. There is a lot of if you ever like check out the hashtag UFO Twitter, or I guess it's probably oh, yeah. like UFO X now. I don't know, probably still yeah. UFO Twitter. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different camps, a lot of different. Uh, philosophies and and schools of thought that you know lead to infighting <laughs> for sure yeah um and then there's the whole like skeptic debunker side of like the ufology community people that like want to believe that UFO, ufos are real but then they're like chronically debunking and chronically skeptic and like they can't believe like any evidence that's that's uh yeah. presented and by all rights, there's yeah. a lot of garbage out there, you know, computer generated yeah. images, AI, all this stuff has, has made it really difficult to sift through the weeds to find the things that are actually genuine, um, which is unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of cool graphics yeah. out there for sure, but um, it's made it a lot more difficult. And I think has made it a lot more difficult to have the layperson be able to look into this and be like, maybe there's actually something to this. I also, in addition to all that, there's, there's tons of content out there of people innocently misidentifying what they're seeing, right? Like you're, you're always going oh, to compete absolutely. with that. 
I myself, like a year ago, I took a video and posted it, and I was like, holy shit, I'm pretty sure I just saw UFOs. And, um, and I found out that pretty quickly, I found out that it was some event where you could see two planets in the sky, like super bright. Oh, right. Like the, there were like right conjunctions, right? Yeah. And, um, and it freaked me out more in the moment because through my phone, when I was like zooming in on them, they were, appeared to be like fluctuating and blinking and then i re- there was an explanation for that too because the like focus on the camera and all that like so it was like an honest mistake you know what i mean and I, I the internet's full of those yeah and it happens all the time you look back at project blue book you know people literally thought the moon or the planet venus was a ufo yeah. because it wasn't they didn't look in the sky enough and they didn't recognize the celestial objects that are constantly around us because people these days don't really look up all that often yeah <laughs> but you know then there's like the one percent of cases that can't be explained and those are the ones that we need to look at to determine whether or not there really is some something here whether or not it's extraterrestrial interdimensional sure. if it's uh, a uh what would you call it ultra terrestrial yeah. crypto terrestrial even if sure. you're familiar familiar with uh the work of mac tunnies uh you know he believed that there was if i remember correctly he passed away some time ago but i used to follow his blog in the early 2000s and he re- he pushed the theory of there being this kind of breakaway civilization that was living alongside us, but they were hidden uh, because they didn't want to want to deal with our BS. (laughs) Yeah. That also runs into the like USO territory. Like are are they maintaining their civilizations on the bottom of the ocean or in these like caverns? I love that. Yeah. Those are, those are fun theories to get into. Yeah. yeah, there were there was a couple of those that popped up on Reddit recently with people claiming to, you know, be whistleblowers that worked in the military, and mm-hmm. there were like a few oceanic bases that they they have around the planet, and that their name is like the Gonzi or something like that. Okay, uh, G A N Z I, and that if any military. Uh, vessel doesn't matter what country (laughs) comes near it like they'll get vaporized Uh, like there is uh this person claiming that like an f-15 was like trying to fly out near one and it just got zapped (laughs) like poof gone um you know anyone can make up a story like that on the internet though so you can't really you know you got to take that with a very big grain of salt but those are fun theories like uh you know there's that story of the lake baikal uh, aliens that the, yeah, the like, Soviet Russian divers went in and they ran into these like super tall like alien looking beings and yeah they like messed up the dive team <laughs> yep. because they tried to like throw a net on them or something it's like no yeah. you're dumb don't do that <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of those um you know for me there there's a line somewhere when it comes to um, abduction stories, when it comes to contactees, there's a line, and I'm not quite sure I've defined where it is, but at some point, some of them just start to feel like pure fan fiction. Yes. 
Like, yeah, I, I know that the line comes before those people that are like, they have like races and they met one. They know like his rank and his military on his home planet and like shit like that. Like we've all read those stories and those feel like pure <laughs> fan fiction to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, may, might get some, some, some hate for this, but you know, like Woody Derenberger sure. talking about Lanulos, like yep. to me, that seems like a pure, like fantasy made up situation. Yeah. Maybe he has, he was having an affair on his wife or sure. something like that. You know, who knows? He was a traveling salesman. Yeah. That stuff happens. I, uh, so who knows i always felt like with him i believed i i buy that he had a, that initial encounter and i think most of the things that came after were probably just him getting creative you know what i mean like maybe it just sparked a it sparked a story in his mind he, and he wrote the damn story you know yeah and he wanted to keep it going yeah but at the cost of like his family yeah everything you know? <laughs> so yeah 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 that's that's a hard thing to do but you know there's i feel like there's some genuine you know people who have experienced stuff out yeah. of their control yep um you know i went to contact in the desert back in 2018 and i sat in on a workshop with travis walton and um he seemed pretty genuine yeah. with it with his story and i mean maybe it's because he's told the story 10,000 times sure um and that's like his livelihood now probably yeah. but i don't know it it seemed it seemed pretty legit um and when you look into the story about you know all all of his his co-workers who bounced and everyone thought that like they killed him yeah <laughs> and there was like a cover-up happening and uh it, it's a really interesting story for sure. Yeah. We covered wow. that recently on the podcast and like, it was the first time I'd really dug into it. I, I was familiar with the broad strokes of the story, but like what I found really compelling was the fact that his friends in the face of being accused of murder, they stuck to the story. Right. Like, cause a lot of yeah. people assume that the, the group just hoaxed it together. Right. And right. Right. I, I mean, I just don't buy that they sat there being accused of murder by police. You know what I mean? Like, they're in interrogation rooms, and we're like, we think you killed him. And at that point, I think most sane people would go like, we're just kidding. He's at the motel, or you know what I mean? Like, but that never happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wasn't one of them offered, like, uh, mm -hmm. some big sum of money to, like, yeah, to tell go the against truth it. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. and they're like... That's what happened. <laughs> like, yeah, like I told the truth for free. Knocked him on his ass, and and we bolted. Yeah, because we didn't want to be next. <laughs> yep. No, that yeah, that's like, a great one. I I really like. Yeah, that. for sure. Well, dude, I don't want to keep you all night. This has been awesome. Um, before we before we go, tell the people where to find you, where to follow you, and anything cool you have coming up that you'd like them to check out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so strangeology.com, that's my website. Um, you can find all my links there. Uh, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, threads, pretty much all social media. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, please go subscribe and watch some videos and give them a like. And as far as other 
announcements. I will be vending at the Sasquatch Calling Festival in Whitehall, New York on September 30th. That's happening in Skeensboro Park, uh, right on the river. It's going to be an all-day event, all ages, free to go to, lots of uh, awesome vendors, mostly Bigfoot-based. I'll have all the Mothman stuff. <laughs> so I'll have a corner on the market, hopefully. Um, and as as far as uh, any other upcoming uh, projects, um, nothing nothing too wild uh, as of as of yet. Uh, I have a lot of new episodes in the queue coming out for the podcast, uh, so you can listen to that on your favorite streaming platform: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, wherever uh, okay. you can find me. Awesome. Um, and you release episodes every two weeks on Strangeology for the most part? That, yeah, for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I would love to do weekly if I'm trying to, but the, the workload and yep. the lack of time this summer has uh, <laughs> totally kept me it. to the bi-weekly release schedule. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and my, my Etsy shop is uh, strangeology.etsy.com if you want to find some cool 40 and merch. Excellent. And uh, links to all that will be in the episode description. Definitely go subscribe to Jeff's podcast because it's fantastic. The research is awesome. The storytelling is great. Absolutely go check it out. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me back on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.